Hey Creepsters, this is Eva from Buffalo and you're listening to Sinister Sightings from a Paranormal Chicks. Creep it real and remember, no justice, no peace. I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 68. And you just heard from Eva. And we absolutely agree. No justice, no peace. Oh, and hey, bestie Judy. She said that our friendship reminds her of her and her bestie Judy's friendship. And that our laughter makes her commutes brighter. Which, thank you for liking our laughter. (laughs) Not everybody does. Mm -mm. It's an acquired taste. We're like a fine wine. (laughs) We like to wine. Mm Mm-hmm. And we fine. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Oh, before I jump right in, if you want to be like Eva and intro a Sinister Sightings, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, jumping in, and the first one is true crime. Sort of. Hey there. I'm new here and trying to catch up, and I heard Carrie whine. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuckity fuck? Right? And, y'all, we when we said that together, like, in unison, that's what that means, um, we sat up in our chairs. God, we're the same person. Oh, my God. So she heard me whine for some true crime. So here's my attempt. When I was five, my parents separated and my mom found a two-bedroom apartment in a not-so-nice part of El Cajon, California, for the four of us, before I forgot to mention I have two older brothers. It was the best she could do, and we didn't care as long as we were together. It was kind of the four of us against the world. There was a farm next to our complex, and one day my oldest brother told us to follow him over and be very quiet and we will see something neat. We saw a sheep being born. Just wow. We were so excited to tell our mom all about it when she got home from work. She loved hearing about it and how excited we were to see it until there was a knock on the door. It was a cop following up on a trespassing complaint. My mom lit into him saying, With all of the cheap happenings in the town, this is how you spend your shift harassing kids that just watched some animal and didn't disturb anything? She then said, if he needed to arrest one, take the little one, which is me, and called me over. She then told the cop to tell me why he was there. I was just smiling away at him, so he made a flabbergasted sound and told us to have a nice night and left. Okay, same apartment. Our next-door neighbor was a single lady with a daughter my age, so we played together. When I asked if her mommy went to work, she said no. She goes on lots of dates and has lots of boyfriends. When my brothers heard this, they, of course, told my mom, who then said my friend could come over, but I couldn't go over there. Brothers explained why. One night, there was a lot of noise and police cars. Mom talked to the police, and I heard her tell them about our friendship. The next morning, their front window was boarded up, and the walkway in front of their window was red. Mom said they spilled Kool-Aid. Even at my young age, I knew that wasn't right. She said nothing about the window. Brothers gave me the stop, we'll explain later look. They said one of her boyfriends beat the crap out of her 
may have killed her and her daughter went into the system. Oh, gosh. I am so grateful that the day I came home from the hospital, I had two brothers helping take care of me. Yes, they were protective, but they also knew to tell me what was going on so I'd be aware and stronger. Plus, they would wrestle me so I can fight dirty, too. Sorry, this was long. You ladies rock. I mean, I'm with your mom. All the shit that's happening, you follow a trespassing? On little kids? And it was just... I mean, I can understand if they... Now... We don't know what your brother did before he called y'all over there, though. True. I mean, I'm sure he did nothing, and he's a peach. <laughs> and followed all the rules. Mm-hmm. That's, that sounds like some shit your mama would do. Now, get over here, Donna. Now, you tell her why you're uh, here. <laughs> right? Me with no teeth. <laughs> and holy shit about your neighbor. That's so sad. I wonder if she was a sex worker or she just had, like, sugar daddies. I don't know. I'm thinking sex worker. And that's what's sad, too, is that, like... Having a sugar daddy is not considered being a sex worker. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. You just tend to do it with one person versus many. Yeah. Conceptually, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just, quote-unquote, socially acceptable. But I digress. (laughs) You know, whereas we could legalize it and regulate it with, you know... STI testing and, right. you know, avoid sex trafficking and abuse and, you know, those things. But mm-hmm. having sex with people for money is not right. I know. That, oh, gosh. That aggravates me so bad. Man, that soapbox just snuck up on me, didn't it? Right? All right. The next one is sinister creepiness, question mark? Hey, ladies, so I'm not sure what y'all would think of this, but I have a short story for you. Before we moved into the house that we currently live in, I would come to this place all of the time, along with my aunt, who is a year and a half younger than me, and a bunch of my cousins and my brother. One day, we were all just messing around playing, and my brother, our two cousins, and my aunt were walking down the porch stairs. I was just coming out the door when all of a sudden we heard this loud humming noise. I was so scared, so I peeked out the door because I was just inside of it, and there was this helicopter hovering down by the stairs. What, like a, like a, like a helicopter? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The guy in it opened his door and asked if we wanted a ride, which we were all like, uh, no thank you, bye, and ran back inside. At the time, there were a ton of trees, so there's no way a helicopter could fit through there. Well, here's the kicker. No adults believed us, but all of us, when asked separately, gave the exact same answer. No idea how to explain it, but it sure did creep us out. Creep it real, y'all. Wait, what? That's it? That's it. Oh my gosh. I need answers. I feel like this was like one of those, like before, like a Pixar, you know, and they have those like little short stories Mm -hmm. and it's like, wait, I need to know what happens. I need to know. Like, it's like just that teaser and you're like, what's going to happen? Like, I need to know. Was it really a guy in a helicopter or was it like, I don't know, like something masked as that? Because she said like a helicopter couldn't fit through the trees. How could he get there? What would it be masked as? I don't fucking know. That literally made no sense. <laughs> I don't know. Supernatural shit, y'all. 
Oh my God. Okay. Yes. I definitely need more answers. But like, how would a helicopter get through if there were trees around? Well, and and why did they not hear it like circling and all that, you know? Yeah. Girl beats me. And then like to open the door and be like, y'all want a ride? Uh, no creeper. Bye. My dumb ass would have been like, yeah. Yeah. And you'd be at St. Little John Island or whatever that, uh, old boy owned. Jeffrey Epstein? Yes. True that. Okay. The next one is, hey girls, my name is Marie. I am a true crime and paranormal loving Ravenclaw mom and empath. I have always been sensitive to spirits and have even seen black mists at the grocery store. One time I told my friend I thought that there was a spirit in his house, which he confirmed. All of this tangent because I have three full body chill stories to share. Ooh. The first one is the one that made me believe in the paranormal. I was 14 and babysitting for my cousin Carrie. Spelled differently. (laughs) I was alone in the house with her six-month-old daughter. So let me explain the house. It's a four-story, big, old, white farmhouse in Sparland, Illinois. The call is coming from inside the house? The inside is wood trim, huge windows, walls painted in bright primary colors. The house was built in 1900. Around World War I, a nine-year-old girl died in the house from the influenza epidemic. She was buried in La Prairie Township Cemetery nearby. Sorry, I hope I didn't butcher all of those places. (laughs) I looked but couldn't for sure find her name. I asked my cousin what she thought the little girl's name was because she actually played with her many times. She said she called her Hazel. Wait, the... Cousin's daughter? I thought she was like six months old. It's probably a different one, like an older one. Okay. As a young teen, I'd heard stories of Hazel stealing my cousin. Oh, the okay. Let me just continue reading and it'll make more sense. As a young teen, I'd heard stories of Hazel stealing my cousin's razor while she was in the bath, about to shave her legs, playing with Hannah and her brother Tyler, or turning off games and playing with the lights. I knew about, but I did not believe all the stories. Okay, back to the day it happened. I'm in a big white farmhouse on a beautiful, clear Midwestern May day. May day, not May day. (laughs) May day, May day. (laughs) Miles from the nearest neighbor and me alone with a six-month-old baby girl. I had been here many times before and stayed over more than once, so I was comfortable alone in the house. I just finished feeding the baby downstairs in the living room. She was milk drunk and ready for bed. I carefully carried her upstairs and put her in the crib. This was back before I had a cell phone, so I planned to read while the baby slept. I walked into the room at the end of the hall and heard a giggle. I turned and went to look at the baby. It wasn't her. She was sawing logs and hadn't moved from where I laid her down. I turned back to the big room and began to read. I read for about 45 minutes. Then I heard a thud. This movement was big enough for me to want to check on the baby. But there in the middle of the floor is a child. I about peed my pants. She was see-through and looking down at the toys she was playing with in the middle of the hall. Uh Uh-uh. I jumped out of my skin. She looked at me and ran back into my cousin's room. I grabbed the baby and ran downstairs, heart in my throat. Second story. 26-year-old me was cooking dinner in my brand new house. Baby is in bed and husband is in the house. I'm stirring away 
And out of the corner of my eye, I see something a little bit higher than my 5'3 peripheral vision. It was fully formed white globe and what looked like a white t-shirt. It pulled its head back around the corner and was gone. I yelled for my husband and he yelled back from the toilet. Y'all, I made him open the door and look me in the eye and prove to me it wasn't him playing tricks. It wasn't. Last one. I lived with my grandma, and her house was a hot spot for paranormal activity. The doorbell would ring when no one was there. Someone could be heard walking around, and there was no one else in the house. One time I was getting ready for work, and after I showered and was dressed, I walked into my room to finish my hair. And lo and behold, my hairspray was missing. Poof. Gone. My grandma wasn't home at the time to have used it. I double-checked my pictures on my phone, and there it was, where it should have been in the picture, but it wasn't on the dresser, under it, or anywhere in my basically tidy room. I said out loud, I need my hairspray back. I left the room for a couple of minutes, and when I came back, there it was, in its place, but turned the wrong way. One time, I was reading on the couch, and the radio turned on quietly in the back bedroom, but there was no radio in the house. Oh, no, no, no. I think it was because she kept all of her mementos from him in the smallest back bedroom. That seemed to be where most of the action happened, and then front door after my family tried to pray, smudge, bless him out. I always felt like it wasn't a mean spirit. I actually thought it was either my grandpa or my mom's stepdad both passed away before I was born. I wish I could go back to that house and ask if anyone living there since has experienced anything or if whoever moved on. I haven't really been experiencing much in the last few years because I've consciously made a force field of positive energy and prayer against evil spirits since I had my oldest son because that shit is real and I'm a mama bear don't mess with my cubs. However, this past week, after four years of almost nothing, my hubs and I were bringing the boys home from swimming lessons and our car seatbelt alarm was going off again and again with no reason and we were driving down the road. Hubs laughed and said there was a ghost in the car and I was like, babe, don't even joke about that stuff. I've been listening to paranormal stuff all day (laughs) and I believe. I think back on it and it was in Pekin, Illinois, near where Robert Bonsai Bay Jr. was last seen. It's a local case that I would love to hear you do. Creep it real. Love y'all. Re. Oh, dang. I'm pretty sure I butchered mm, at least 17 words in that. <laughs> so, my apologies. But, damn. See, I don't, I, uh-uh. I don't want to see anything. But I want to, but I don't. Yeah. Okay, so when she said the radio was playing, mm-hmm. I always go back to that, are you afraid of the dark? With the prom queen, and they like they're driving off, and it's in the still of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like I was just thinking that would be so creepy if that's a song that was playing. Why do I write these like narratives in my head? <sighs> and that's how I creep myself out. Does anyone else do that? Yes. Oh, I was asking them, Carrie. I well, know. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, that was a collective yes. <laughs> You speak for them? Exactly. Why'd y'all elect her as your representative? Because they hear your mouth. (laughs) And they know you spill all the beans. (laughs) True. This one is called Sinister Sighting. All I can say is, what the fuck? 
Hello, ladies. Let me just say I freaking love you guys. I've been binge listening to you while at work, and I'll try to keep my sinister sighting short. Let me start with that I've been separated from my husband for about seven years. On my mother-in-law's deathbed, I promised to take care of my sister-in-law and nephew, so they still live with me. For like three weeks, I kept waking up at 3 a.m. for no reason, not being able to go back to sleep. I did a little research and learned that it might be a loved one who passed trying to get a message to you. I got so excited, hoping that it would be either my mother or my father trying to talk to me. So that night, when I woke up, I did everything I had read. Tried to relax, took deep breaths, and said, okay, I'm listening. Would you like to know what I freaking heard? Well, I'll tell you. This is what I heard. Take care of Neil when Brandy is gone. Are you fucking kidding me? Brandy and Neil are my sister-in-law and nephew. It was my freaking mother-in-law. Even in death, I can't get away from this family. Don't get me wrong, I love them all, but my ex has been a big pain in my ass. So for once, I thought I would have had something for myself. Guess not. Thank you so much for all that you do. You keep me company at work all day. Damn, monster-in-law! Right? That's my luck. I would be like... So ready to receive something and then be like, wait, what the fuck? I'm just kidding. Surely, you're, I'm sure your mother-in-law was wonderful. But, um, I mean, you always want to hear from your mama. Of course. Also, did your sister-in-law pass away or was your mother-in-law just being extra cautious before she finally left? Who knows? Well, the writer does, so I need to her to let us know. <laughs> okay. Hey y'all, I want to start off by thanking you for doing the podcast. My girlfriend introduced it to me and I cannot get enough of it. I love the stories and you two make me laugh on my long drives to work. My story takes place in the beautiful city of Edinburgh, Scotland. If you have never been there, I highly recommend it. It's full of history and rich culture. It's also reportedly one of the most haunted cities in the world. The first night we arrived there, we stayed in a hotel close to the city center. It was a very old building that used to be an apartment complex of sorts. I did not feel any of the negative energy when we first entered our room. However, when I finally fell asleep, I started to feel uneasy. I woke up, or at least it felt like I did, and I will never forget what I saw. Standing in the corner opposite of the bed was a black figure. It was so dark that it blocked out the light in the window coming from the street lights outside. I tried to move, but I was glued to the bed. I could not move my arms, legs, or head. I could not even yell to my friend sleeping next to me for help. I could only lay there and look at this figure. It felt evil, and it almost felt like it did not want me to look away. The longer I stared, the more I felt it almost seep into my soul. I felt so scared and panicked that I wanted to throw up. After what felt like minutes, I was finally able to sit up, and I knew I was for sure awake. I looked at my friend sleeping next to me that had not been disturbed by the commotion. This was the first time I had experienced sleep paralysis, and I have not experienced it since. The next morning, I told my friend what happened, and she did not believe me. It wasn't until we went to leave that she may have changed her mind. We tried to open the door, and it felt like someone was holding it closed. Then, while we were trying to get it open, the TV turned on by itself and started changing channels. 
We did not experience anything the rest of the time, but I definitely believe that city is haunted and will never forget what happened there. Sorry this was so long, but I hope you enjoyed it. Creep it real, ladies. Andrew. Oh my god, I would die. Look, I do not fucks with sleep paralysis. That shit is fucking real and no thank you. Yes. Also, that's real cute, Andrew, that you dropped your girlfriend up in there thinking that I wouldn't flirt with you because you got a girlfriend, (laughs) but boo, I will cuddle you at night. That doesn't stop me. (laughs) Yes, it does. She just flirts from a distance. I mean, if he takes me to Scotland, I'm here to flirt. I will make it work. Uh, If he takes you to fucking Chick-fil-A, you're flirting with him and you're making it going to work. I mean, Dollar General, I don't care. (laughs) You at the stoplight, I'm at the stoplight. You looking at me? All right, on to the next one. Hi, I just wanted to start off by saying I love you, ladies. I just started listening about a week ago and currently on episode 18, and I'm so hooked. You sound like me. And you are making it through so fast. Uh Are you listening to us on 2.0? Oh, shit, no, never mind. You carry. (laughs) My friend Maddie from work just started listening, and she listens to it on 2.0, and she's like, I cannot get over y'all's laugh on (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. On 2.0, I sound like I'm at one. You're not wrong. I know. I know. And you're like, and you sound like a... Auctioneer? um, Yeah. I'm glad we play Mad Libs here. All right. For a long while, I have seen things move out of the side of my eye. It would be person-sized or low to the ground like an animal. There have been plenty of times where I would be sitting at the kitchen table and see what I thought was my dog walk beneath the table, and when I would look, he wouldn't be there. I would call out his name, and he was on the couch asleep. And trust me, you could hear him when he would jump on the couch, so you knew he hadn't just ran over there. One time in particular, I was about seven or eight and had just got home from school, At that time, I rode the bus and would walk half a mile to my grandma's trailer. She would always be home around that time, but this time she wasn't. She left a note saying that she would be a little late, so I walked in because she had left the door unlocked, and I walked straight to the back room. The door was at the middle of the trailer, and when you walked in, it was in the middle of the kitchen living room area. Turned and walked left, there was a hallway leading to two bedrooms and a bathroom. As I'm passing the first bedroom, I notice something or someone standing in there. I didn't pay too much attention and continued to walk to the back room to drop off my backpack. But as I was setting down my stuff, it clicked. I should be home alone. Nobody should be here since I was always the first grandkid to get home and my grandma was out. I stood there frozen a little bit and realized that the only way to go outside and wait for my grandma to get home was to walk past that damn room again. So I built up some courage and I went ahead. I don't know why, but I decided to look in there. I stopped right before the door and kind of peeked in slowly, and there it was. Just a shadow standing in the middle of the room. It was daytime and the blinds were pulled back, so there was light in there, but this was super dark. Just like a mass in the room of darkness, I saw it and I felt like it saw me and I ran outside as fast as I could. I sat outside crying and waiting for my grandma. She got there about 10 minutes later and saw me crying. Of course, she's asking what happened and I told her what I saw and her words to me were, oh, you saw her? She won't bother you if you don't bother her. I was so confused at first, but she explained that she could see things and had always been able to. 
And from that point forward is when I started seeing shadows. I have more stories about shadow people and also when my grandma passed away. She made sure to let everyone know that she was okay. I hope that wasn't too long and that it made sense. I tend to ramble on. Honey, me too. I was going to say, you are in good company. Yes. Have a good day, ladies. Creep it real. Love y'all. Samantha. Samantha, I love that. Send in all the stories about your grandma. Yes. And can you imagine, like, your brain going, I have to get out of here, but I have to go past that room. Mm -hmm. I would look into, I would have to. I'm too nosy not to. That is the understatement of the year. Okay, the next one is Lorraine Warren visit. Ooh. I have a family history of paranormal connections, meaning I can see and hear and sometimes speak to spirits. My brother used to be able to hear and speak to them before he got himself closed off in college. My youngest sister can see them. My grandmother can see them. I'm not quite sure if my mom can see or speak to them, but just a little back reason to why I took this visit so seriously. I don't remember what year it was, but Lorraine Warren came to visit slash did a tour in my hometown, so naturally we got tickets to go. Back then, a bunch of us used to mess with the paranormal all the time, go to cemeteries, try to do seances, like we thought we were legit ghost hunters. After a few bad trips to the cemetery, we had her show a few days later. If you hang around long enough, you were able to try and have a meet and greet with her She was really nice and would talk to people that she felt a connection with. Well, she had a connection with us. There were five or six of us. I can't remember if our sixth person was actually with us. And Lorraine Warren looks right at my now husband and goes, you guys need to stop. So we really start all looking at each other and go, I'm sorry? She goes, you guys have dark things for you, and there's nothing good to come out of this. I'm telling you now, you need to stop. Well, that's all it took for me. I was done. I washed my hands of anything else after that. My husband now, when we were dating back then, had broken up for a little while, and he kept doing it with the same people and his ex-girlfriend, and I told him he needed to cut that shit out. He did shortly after, but I gave it up that night. She told us to stop. Wow. Damn. I mean, she's a polarizing person, so you either hate her or you love her, you Mm -hmm. believe her or you don't. But even if you don't believe her, if she says, y'all need to stop messing with spirits, and you do mess with spirits, right? I would stop. Uh Uh-huh. Like, even if I'm like, because how I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh uh-uh. Nope. Damn. But that's really cool that you got to talk to her. Yeah. Dang. Hey, Spook Babes, and thank you for bringing me my favorite podcast now twice weekly. I love the Sinister Sightings episodes and have been thinking about sharing my own story for a while. But why is sitting down and actually typing so damn hard? Preach. I'm not a writer, so bear with me for actually trying. To give my story a little backing, my name is Elin and I'm from Sweden. I'm turning 30 in June and this happened six years ago when I was 24. Happy late birthday. Oh, for sure. I didn't even think about that. Back then, I still lived in my parents' house due to studying at an expensive private film school in Stockholm, which also meant commuting every day for over two hours a single trip. That's a scary story all by itself, I know. Oh my God. 
But also, been there, going to an expensive fucking school, having to live with your parents. Been there. Yep. Done that. Got the student loans. (laughs) At the last school semester, I desperately wanted to have one of my own scripts chosen for the finals. The finals in a film school is basically getting your short film chosen by the teachers and the headmaster and getting to direct it. This was a big deal for me because I had my eyes set on making it in the film industry and having a well-produced short film in my repertoire in the beginning of my career gave me a head start. I'm a hardcore horror fan and unfortunately horror movies are often overseen in the light of an anxiety-filled and artsy drama. So true. I pushed myself basically to the limit that semester, and since I hate to write on a deadline, I struggled hard to make a good story. Finally, I wrote a story based on the folklore revolving around the Codex Gigas, the Devil's Bible. I want to cover that. that. That is on my list. My script was chosen by the school board, yay, and there were a few weeks of preparation before filming started. I was dedicated to making it as accurate as possible, so me and my film crew actually went to Stockholm's Royal Library, where the Codex Gigas is stored, to have a closer look at the Bible, and she attached a picture from the field trip. We shot the movie in a cellar vault under a coffee shop in Stockholm's Old Town, amazing location. The actors we worked with were playing a Catholic monk and the devil. This will be important soon. A few weeks of editing the film followed and we were under a lot of stress to make it to the deadline. Now to the events I really can't explain. I was about a week from graduating. The short film was basically done. I was out having a few glasses of wine with a friend to celebrate almost being done with the movie. I came home to my parents' house and went directly upstairs into bed. I had school the next day, and because of the long way, I had to get up early. I was ready to sleep, but my glossy gossip magazine had just arrived and was there on the floor beside my bed. I read the covers and found something I just couldn't wait for tomorrow to read. Top 10 Cursed Film Sets in History. I had to read it. The article covered many famous movie shootings, including The Poltergeist Curse, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, Passion of the Christ, and The Omen. By the way, you guys should definitely cover an episode on cursed film sets. Yeah, I didn't know there were so many. Like, I knew there were a little bit, but like, all I know is like Wizard of Oz and stuff, which isn't really cursed per se. It's just like a lot of shitty shit happened. One theory the article brought up was the fact that all the movies had one thing in common. They all portrayed the devil. I stopped reading, thinking about that fact that I actually had portrayed the devil myself. Trying to sleep, I imagined how I would react if something happened to the school or to any of my classmates during my production. What if someone died or the school burned down? Could I ever get over that thought that it would have been all because of me? If something happened before graduation, would I ever be able to not draw connections to it being my fault for portraying the devil himself? I fell asleep just to be awoken two hours later at 2 a.m. by my younger brother, 21 at the time, slamming my door open, screaming, fire. Oh, my God. I remember it all kind of fuzzy nowadays due to all the therapeutic hypnosis I went through months after. 
but I jumped out of bed and threw all my glasses. I saw my brother in my doorway looking completely horrified with thick black smoke behind him. I was momentarily paralyzed and was only dragged out of my own apathy when my brother dragged me out of there. As we both threw ourselves out of my room and downstairs, I saw the small glowing ember particles flying around and intensely sting when they landed on my bare legs. It felt like at least 15 minutes before we actually left the house, even though it all probably was about 90 seconds to realize that the fire was way too big to put out ourselves. When everybody finally was safe outside, panicking over the fire truck taking hours, again, minutes, to arrive, my stupid ass asked my brother if we closed the door after us running down the staircase. <laughs> That's so something I would do. Uh, same. Like, the most insignificant detail. Like, yeah. it's, but did we close the door? Yes. totally appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Acting in complete shock, my dad ran back into the house, hoping he could close the door upstairs to prevent the fire from spreading. I, screaming in panic, ran after him, trying to stop him, thinking that if he dies, it will all be my fault. I ran into the black wall of smoke, which was rapidly coming down the stairs, and I held my t-shirt over my face to breathe through. Halfway up, I realized my eyes are stinging and my lungs are burning and I feel faint. I have to face my mistake and turn around. Seconds after me comes my dad, coughing and bleeding after ripping his hand on something broken. As all five of us, mom, dad, my brother, me, and our dog are standing outside and start to hear the fire truck speeding towards us, we see the upstairs windows explode and the fire quickly eats its way up the facade. Side notes, I remember it being a common question of what you would bring with you in an event of a fire. I now know my family's answer. My brother, his phone to call 911. My dad, our dog. Me, my glasses. My mom, the drawer of our family photos and her pack of cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. Yes, and I would be you, my glasses. I would be your brother. Well, I would be you and your dad because... Well, yeah. Marley, I'd be like, my glasses, Marley, my glasses, Marley. Tom Shea can't see with those glasses, though. Exactly. Two days after the horrible event, we could go back into the house to retrieve things that maybe had survived, like jewelry and stuff. As I went into my room, I could see the magazine laying there on the floor beside my bed. The covers were completely black, reminding me of what could have been the reason for all of this. I still have the burned magazine somewhere stored in a plastic bag. I just can't let go of the thought of it having something to do with me making a movie about the devil. I hope you liked the story. Again, you are the best. Creep it real. Feel free to use my real name. Love from Sweden, Elin. Oh, can we see the movie? Did the movie get finished? And is everyone okay? And did anything else happen? Yes, all those questions. I need to see the movie. And also, I hope I said your name right. Also, what kind of dog do you have? (laughs) I mean, very, very important. Hard-hitting questions here. (laughs) I need all those answers, please. Okay. Last one, an ambient story. Hey, ladies, I hope you sweet girls are doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to read my story. Starting off with a little bit of backstory. I had a baby recently, well, like a year ago. 
Shortly after she was born, I discovered that she had a small hole in her spine that would require surgery soon. Luckily, she will probably only need to have one surgery, and hopefully she'll be fine after that. Oh my gosh. Like I said, it's very mild. Having said that, though, the anxiety of having to watch your baby go through the various tests and then preparing for the upcoming surgery has got me super frazzled. Needless to say, I have not been sleeping well at all. I've tried over-the-counter things, and nothing seems to work as well as, you guessed it, Ambien. Hell yeah. I don't take it very often, but when I do, I have learned that I can't take an entire one and usually just take a fourth of one, and that seems to do the trick. I don't typically have any problems or do anything crazy. One night, I decided I needed my fourth dose of Ambien, so I took it and went to bed. I was fast asleep, and I suddenly was woken up to a vision of my grandmother, who is very much alive, in a cloud-like form over me, and she said, I want you to know I have to go now. Everything is going to be okay. I just want you to know I was leaving so you could tell the others. I love you so much, and you are going to be okay, but I have to go. My grandmother is the holiest, godliest woman I know, and I assume at that moment she had come to tell me she was going to heaven now. I, of course, freaked out, thinking, well, I have to call her and see if she's all right. I immediately picked up the phone to call her, but it was 3 a.m. She always turns her phone off at night. I live three hours away from her house, and in my ambient-induced state, my thought process was, well, if she had gone to be with the Lord, there's nothing I can do about it. So I went back to sleep. (laughs) I woke up around 8 the next morning and remembered my vision or dream and called my grandmother. She didn't answer. I was like, oh crap, she done passed on to the other side. So I texted her and said, call me as soon as you get this. It's very important. She thankfully calls me right back and I tell her the whole story. She is laughing the entire time. After I got off the phone with her, I remember that I had taken the Ambien and I'm convinced that's what caused my vision. Thanks for the great podcast. You guys are doing such a great job. XOXO, C. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ambien's gone to a whole nother level. You got... Like a premonition. Yeah. I'm so -hmm. glad that your grandmother's okay. Right. Could you... Oh my God, that'd be so scary though. And of course she didn't answer when you called her. Yes. But your grandmother is with it. My grandmother can't even use a rotary phone. Okay. First of all, we don't know how old... We don't know how old C is. Your grandmother is old, old. My grandmother was old, old. She died in her 90s, and that was three years ago. Yeah. Well, her grandmother could be... Grandmothers are old to me, okay? I'm sorry. But, like, my mom is a grandmother, and she texts. Yeah. My mom has taught me more about a damn iPhone than I knew. That is true. That's very true. I don't think about other people's... Well, well that's very selfish of you. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I see people who have young parents, I'm like, God, your mom looks young. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense because my mom was always older. Yeah. You know? We hadn't had an ambient story in a long time. I know. Y'all did amazing. As always, keep sending them in, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.